What's up, Real Buzzers? Before we start today's show, please go on Facebook and follow us at Real Buzz Takes. Then head to Instagram, follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Then head to Twitter and follow us at Real Buzz Crew. Um, also, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Also, feel free to send us an email at any time at realbuzztakes at gmail.com. And if you go to anchor.fm backslash realbuzztakes, you can also leave us a voice message, which we will certainly play live in a future episode. All right, let's start the show. Coming up on the pod, we talk Virgin Galactic, unsealed Super Mario 64 game selling for $1.5 million at auction, and the stars of England's national soccer team subjected to abhorrent racism, as well as the movie we are reviewing today, Twister. If you want a movie review, look no further than these dudes. You got real buzz Rob on the mic, you got cannabis keen and he's all right. Welcome to another edition of Real Buzz Takes. Today we are the Real Buzz 2. I'm Real Buzz Rob. It's a twister! It's a twister! I have no idea what movie that's from, but it felt pertinent. That could be um, Wizard of Oz. Oh, it is Wizard of Oz. That could be Wizard that's of Oz. That's 100% what it is. I was just like, it sounds old-timey. Yeah, that's when, that's when the Wizard of Oz is old-timey. The witch got blown away. And to my left, we have former CEO of Mammoth Media and feature film producer, as well as accomplished carpenter, well, actually, carpenter... Uh, carpenter Forks. Executive, Christopher Hawkins. Say hello, Christopher. Hey, what's going on? You've never seen him miss this house and miss that house. <laughs> I'm after you. Joe, things go wrong. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. That's not the music from the movie. Somebody took that audio. Are you put, sure it's not? No, it's not. I don't think it is because I just clearly watched the movie. Christ, Joe. Is but, that what you think happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, Paxton's fantastic in this. There were some overacting at points, but it wasn't bad. No, I didn't think it was bad at all. I, I think it was. It was I, I love Paxton. Huge Paxton guy. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't say uh, Bill Paxton, not Pullman. It is Bill Paxton, not Pullman. That's 100% true. And now let's get to the news. We'll begin with Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic plane entering the edge of space. After 15 years of development, Richard Branson's new space aircraft accelerated to speeds exceeding Mach 3 and reached altitudes of 282,000 feet, which is 53 miles in the air, reaching outer part of the atmosphere where Branson and his crew members experienced a few minutes of weightlessness. Oh, there you go. I saw the the little snippets of him floating. It is very cool. Um just from a private sector perspective, I think it's really fascinating and interesting that we have uh, human beings starting their own space companies. And he's going to start doing commercial space flights in a year. Now, mind you, I will not be on those space flights. You couldn't. He's charging a quarter of a million dollars to go into space and experience the same flight that he experienced um, in that initial flight. Oh, makes perfect sense that he could charge that. No, it does. Absolutely. You could not pay me $250,000 to go to space. Oh, really? No, not So for you're me. not about it? Got no interest at all whatsoever. Are you on the send the billionaires into space and have them not come back? Yeah. Uh, did you listen to that episode? We had a, there was, there, there was a petition for Bezos when he launched his yeah. rocket in the air, or whenever he goes, the petition was not to allow him back into the atmosphere, which uh, is objectively very funny. It is funny. But is uh, funny. no, of course, you know, you can't. 
No. I'm kind of surprised that Richard Bronson was, which I guess he's not is it, late. Is it Bronson or Branson? Did I get it wrong? I call it Bronson. I think it's Bronson. But I may have said Branson. Yeah, I don't but know. But I think it's Bronson. But um, And clearly he's been in development of this for a while. 15 years. It doesn't happen overnight, but it makes sense that, because what, what is it, not Virgin something? or what, Virgin, Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic. That's how he made his money. So he should have access to that more than most people would, yeah. even most billionaires. And even though he's a billionaire, it's a, it's an incredible accomplishment because you know normally the only other entity in this country that's done that is the government funded NASA. So you know, I mean, the best scientists known to man. I mean, go, it's it's not like they went to the moon or it's not been done before. But it's just it, that someone from the private sector accomplished it. Uh, Elon Musk is about there. Bezos is yep. about there. It's uh, it's a really impressive human accomplishment. Oh my, yeah. My my counter to that would be. You know, we could spend a lot of that money fixing shit on here on Earth, but hey, I'm not dissing it. It's I've, an incredible seen, accomplishment. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people just say, oh, the billionaires, you know, they could cure world hunger. They could do this, you know, but there, there is a reason to probably spend some time and energy towards getting things into space. You would actually enjoy, um, I listened to Joe Rogan, Neil, De Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's always a good combo. Um, I listened to, the, they had a podcast. It was like three hours long. They always are. Fantastic. Yeah, he's and they uh, talked a lot about that. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a, a truly fascinating human being. I don't know how he is so intelligent and also is, has such an interesting voice to listen to at the same time. <laughs> I, it's just like he, he got lucked out. both. And he also he also was like a, a college wrestler too. He was an athlete at some point. Yeah, yeah. That's a, but God loves some more than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think well he uses his intelligence to study people a lot. Yeah. And so then I think that makes him inherently good at people instead of just completely closing them off. And I think that's the big like phenomenon that is him is that he doesn't just alienate himself from society and say, Oh, I can't function. I think we as normal folk are just as like interesting and uncharted as the space is to him. Yeah. And not even just that when he does talk to you about something that's incredibly complicated or uh, something that he spent decades learning about he doesn't talk to you in a condescending way like he like he <laughs> talks to you like he's genuinely enthralled to explain something to you not like he's teaching you but like he's like saying he's like telling you a cool secret that he knows yeah he's like let me explain astrophysics to you in a way that you'll understand somewhat of what yeah. i'm talking about but i'm only going to give you like a little nugget that that'll make you feel good exactly so what most is going way over my head but i could listen to the guy talk for yeah. hours all right News story number two, at uh, a game auction this week, an unsealed Super Mario 64 game sells for $1.5 million. Was it Goldmine? No, it was Super Mario 64. Oh, that one, you think? Yeah, it was a Super Mario World, but it was the one that was... Yeah, the, where he went, boo! I remember you, you, could do the you having it at your house as you a kid. You could do the triple jump, mm -hmm. and then he would like fly sometimes. Or yep. That was a good game. Well, and it sets a new record for the highest-selling single video game. Uh, so the reason why it's so valuable, this unsealed copy received a quality rating of 9.8 A++. I don't really know what that means or how they give these out, but just to put it in perspective, other copies of the same game, which only had quality ratings of 9.4 A+, sold for 38000 and then a 9.2 sold for 7500 So I guess the extra rating gave it really uh, an extra $1.2 million. It's got to be packaging or something else about it, or I don't know, are, are video games serial numbered like cars are? Uh, not that I know you of. You know what I mean? Like, is it, if zero, it was the number zero, zero, one? one, you know, pristine package. It is pristine. Never touch the sun, all well, that stuff. What do you do once you have it? I don't get... No, the, you just keep No it. one's collecting. It's not like... I, maybe they look at it like the same way intellectuals look at art. You pull it out of the package, you... 
blow, <laughs> blow on the other side of it. That's just and like then put it in the deal. Wiping your ass with one point five million dollars and saying fuck you all. And you know if you were going to use that game, you still would blow on the underside of it like you did every other Nintendo sixty four game. And I think that that whole theory of that actually doing anything to help the functioning of the video game has been completely disproven. Oh, probably. But hey, I, you still did it. Oh yeah, you it's had like to. the guy who hits the computer and he doesn't know what else to do, and yeah. it's like oh it works. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, that's what you do with your one and a half million dollar video game. The previous record was held by a copy of Legends of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which sold for $870,000 just day before. And uh, the auction house, which auctioned off both of these games, claims 20% of each of the total cost. So they're cleaning up. Jesus, 20% of the cost didn't even go. I mean, 20% of the 1.5 so and 20% of the 870K. So there can't be a good resell on that because now that's the most expensive one. So clearly somebody's just doing really well in the stock market. Yeah. It's a tax write-off no, or yeah, something. Just, I don't know. I don't know. How could you write it off? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's Business a, expense? Depends on what. I don't know. Tax write-off is probably not the right word, but they, they need a place to put some money. Yeah. I guess you could say it's an investment if you could resell it, but I don't think anyone's going to value that game as highly as the person who bid on it did. Well, it seems like it would go on display or something. Yeah, like in a video game museum, if those yeah. are even a thing now. And I guess what's probably weird to me at most things is that we've hit the point in our lives where things that were cool to us way back when have now gotten to collector status. Yeah. You know, because we all, like, I think I still have those games somewhere. Something tells me yours isn't a 9.7A++ uh, quality rating. Hey, I blew on the undercarriage of that oh, thing quite a bit. Then it's so, good. It's all good. So it's it's at least a 9.3. Yeah, well, that's that's at least 10K. Yeah, yeah. I may not get the 1.5, but I'll get the 800. Oh, dude. Uh, all right, and our final news story of the day, it was the Euro, or the Euro 2020 Championships for football, as they call it, across the pond. And there was a scenario where the English national team called Three Lions was in a PK situation with Italy, PK being penalty kicks. So it was kind of like over – you know in hockey when they do the – they did in Mighty Ducks all the time. Yeah. So they had to have a determined winner. And three of the top English national players who happened to be black missed the PKs. They lost the game. Afterwards, it resulted in their entire fan base completely uh, – what's a nice way of saying this – being really racist towards them, it was a lot of monkey emojis, and it was a lot of calling oh, them monkeys. I was wondering why you said black. I was like, well, it was irrelevant. No, yeah. So, oh, three people missed it. They were black. So so their um, fans, constituents, if you will. Yeah, uh, their own fans, man. Like, just like. <laughs> and it's just like. Just Donkey Kong them? Yeah, the name of the players were Marcus Rashford, Jordan Sancho, and Bakayo Saka. And, and obviously, this it, there, there were racist, but Twitter, there's always going to be racist people on Twitter and in the internet in general. And it was the good news about this was there was a good reaction from the league, from the team, the, of the, um, uh, what are they Meaning what? not a racist? Yeah, they, co they condemned it. They said, hey, oh, yeah. these people are assholes. We don't appreciate or uh, or condone <laughs> yeah, what they're saying. People. The Prime Minister Boris Johnson was like, and he's not supposed to be the best dude. He was like, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that I don't like it one bit. <laughs> Can't, can't be doing that stuff. So it's it's uh, just a shitty situation where you're reminded that maybe when it just maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror when because you know me, huge sports guy. I've definitely berated guys on television, professionals. Yeah, I've I've literally witnessed you tell a child you would murder his family. Well, that was different, <laughs> and so, I was much younger back then, and I was very literally, wit literally witnessed you 
telling a child. I've grown. Yeah. I've grown, Chris. Now I don't know that you. I don't know that you cursed at him specifically. I actually think I was like, oh yeah, you no, I've cursed at children on other occasions. Well, before I don't know. I'm not saying you've ever cursed at a child, but you. you oh, I have. You didn't curse and threaten to murder the family. So that's that's a good like combo. Yeah, just to give this story a little bit of. Uh, contextual reference yeah rob's a terrible person yes that's why i was a terrible person i think it we were like 20 at the time uh, maybe it was a mizzou game it was a mizzou game it was a mizzou basketball game we were waiting to get in and we were playing ku so i was you know i was really pre-gaming this thing i was ready to go <laughs> it was a big deal and this is back when the muku rivalry was a huge deal it's not so much anymore because we switched conferences and there were KU people getting into the arena before me. And there happened to be this <laughs> this child that walked within five feet of me. And uh, I just, like, screamed. It was, I'll murder your family. And, yeah. like, I don't know where this kid's dad was and why he didn't kick my ass. But uh, not uh, close. Or maybe he was just like, oh, that's a, just a drunk guy. We we should just leave this. They're beat. like, they're like, well, and, and the worst part of it is the, the KU is probably like, yeah, that's a Missouri fan, son. Yep, like, I was like, you'll grow up and be his boss one day. You'll be all right. I was, de- yeah, he will be. I guarantee it. One yeah. day, I'm like, I remember you, man. Didn't mean to straight through you under the bus for that one, but I'm just playing devil's oh, advocate. Oh no, as you should. And it, yeah, so like I was saying, maybe we should, maybe, maybe being <laughs> everyone here, some people at the table included, present company included, it's, it's a growing time. Might need to. Uh, Think about how they react when, you know, at a sporting event when something you don't like happens. And maybe you need to take a look in the mirror if the first thing you go to is like, he's black. Now, Devil's Advocate on the other side, three dudes missed the goal. Yeah, I know, man. Like, I mean. Yeah, you're right. They did did, did deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, does it, did, did they just need one goal to win? I don't know the exact scenario. Oh, yeah. I read the story. I'm not a huge soccer guy, so I, I didn't, you yeah. know, watch the match. I'm just hoping that I'm happy they call them goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I know I know much about like the extent of my knowledge of soccer is Ted Lasso. I haven't seen that. It's but very it, good. It looks very funny. It's very good. It's not even really about soccer. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll probably watch it. All right, we'll move on to the movie we are reviewing today. Twister. Release date was May twelfth, nineteen ninety six. The director's name is Jan DeBont. Jan DeBont is a man. He's directed some bangers. Before this, he directed Speed. After this, he directed Speed 2. Not so much a banger. Uh, directed The Haunting. And then his last film he's directed was Tomb Raider 2, Cradle of Life. I don't remember a lot about that movie. Was Those that, two blend together for me. Was that still uh, Angelina Jolie? Yes. Okay. It was not the Alicia Vikander iteration that came out a few years later. I never saw that one, but I, I love Alicia Vikander. Yeah, never saw that, but... Agreed. I don't know what it is about uh, Eastern European. Is that Vikinger? That's got maybe it's Swedish. I don't know. Swedish ladies are hot. <laughs> All right, cats. Helen Hunt is Doctor Joe Harding, and Bill Paxton, not Pullman, as Bill Harding. Is he a doctor? It doesn't. He, his his credits didn't say doctor. I'm gonna say he's a doctor. You Do- think he's a doctor? Well, if Joe was, they're kind of they seemed like they're equals in this film. Now, see, I, I actually kind of was going to give this film a little bit of credit. I had a, I had, I got the. He's a weatherman, though. I, well, but I don't know if you need. Do you have to have a PhD to do that? You, no, no, you don't. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. Think. So I got the interpretation that she was kind of the brains on that, and he was the crazy guy that could predict the tornadoes by looking at them, kind of the extreme, stuff. right? <laughs> you know. So I, I got the, I got the feeling that maybe he's not a. a PhD. Yeah, and I'm thinking of that story that Dusty references in the middle of the film. Where so he chucks the bottle in the twister, and he says, here, have a drink. <laughs> and he goes, and the bottle never 
touched the ground. That is a pretty epic story. Just totally swallowed it up. That, that's an epic and story. Then, yeah, that was a good story. Honorable mention to Carrie Elwes. I never know if I'm pronouncing that right, but Carrie Elwes is Dr. Jonas Miller. Alan Ruck is Robert Rabbit Nurick. Philip Seymour Hoffman is, as Dustin Davis. Jamie Gertz is Dr. Melissa Reeves. Jeremy Davies is Lawrence. And a very short cameo by Gregory Sporletter as Willie. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like kind of no name BC actors. They were no name then. Like they've kind of made a career for themselves now, for sure. I still don't like. I recognize every one of their faces. Yep. But I don't recognize. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you any names. I mean, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Helen Hunt. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, not Pullman. Maybe Helen Hunt, arguably the most prestigious actor to come out of this film. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Does, does Helen Hunt have an Oscar? I don't know. I don't know. I know Seymour Hoffman does. Yeah. He was. And he actually he brings it. Yeah, he, not, like his, him as Dusty, he is awesome in this movie. Here's what you'll say about Philip Seymour Hoffman. He has a wide array of roles he'll take. You see him in Boogie Nights, you see him in this movie, then you see him in movies like Capote, and you see him in more of these prestigious kind of... You even see him in some espionage roles at points in his career. He was the bad guy in Mission Impossible 3. And he was terrifying. Yeah, arguably one of the better Mission Impossibles. I'm, I would... One of the top two, for sure, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it, and he's just a very versatile actor, obviously taken way too soon. Heroin is addicting. Damn it, man. Damn it, man. Helen Hunt. Before this, known for lots, dude, like 35 credits I didn't recognize. The first one I recognized was Kiss of Death. She did something called Sexual Healing. Uh, yeah, she did. She, yeah. She did Transfers 1 through 3. Never heard of those movies, but there were three of them, so it was a franchise, clearly. She's one of those actresses. I know her. I know her like pretty well. But I, I if you'd said, "Hey, what's Helen Hunt in?" I'd probably say Twister. Yeah, I was at Twister, or I would have said most recently. She like three or four years ago, she did that movie where she played a sex therapist, and she did a lot of fully nude scenes. Haven't seen the film, but I remember that being a big deal. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, fairly recent, within the last four or five years, and she may have been nominated for an Oscar for that film. Uh, oh, weird. Yeah. After this, it's one of those roles. After this, she's known for, and these are the ones I remember, As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson, yep. Pay It Forward with Haley Joel Osment, Castaway, What Women Want, and the 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 uh, movie I was just talking about, it's called The Sessions. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, uh, but it's when we bring up net worths, you'll be like, really? Oh. All right, Bill Paxton, not Pullman. Before this, no, but see, I recognize all of Paxton's films. Yeah, before, well, yeah. Uh, known for The Terminator, Weird Science, Commando, Aliens, Navy Seals, Predator 2, Tombstone, one of his best roles, True Lies, very funny. Apollo 13, after this, known for Titanic, Mighty Joe Young, Vertical Limits, I believe that was with um, Chris O'Donnell. Right, Robin. Yep, Robin. Club Dread, my favorite role that he's done. He's Coconut Pete. Oh, he yeah, that is down in Pina Colada, bird. The Jimmy Buffett, uh, yeah, rip, yeah. He's pretty good in True Lies. Like he's a total gutless. He's hilarious. Like it's and it's pretty sweet that they like. He pisses himself, right? And they used him for that. So I was pretty happy that with that role. Probably what he's most well known for in his career is Big Love, that HBO series he was on for a few seasons. See, and I never saw that. My mom loved it. I, I couldn't get into it. Just the uh, the Utah deal. Well, it's like. My mom describes it in what I personally describe it as like the Sopranos, but Mormon. Yeah. Well, it's like the Mormon mafia. Yeah. Polygamy? Yes. Lots of that. Lots of wives. He had a smaller role in Two Guns. That's that Mac Wahlberg and Denzel movie. Yep. Had a role in Edge of Tomorrow. And his last role before he passed away, really young, by the way, was Training Day the series, which I would have been interested in kind of seeing go for a couple of seasons. I, I haven't seen any of it. But. I haven't seen any. I didn't know he was in that. He was actually, I saw Edge of Tomorrow pretty recently, and he's good in that. It's a good movie. 
Like he's like he he he's got a lot of presence. He's, I, I've always liked him as an actor. Yeah, bro, I'll smoke an Emily Blunt and watch that film. That was stupid. All <laughs> uh, right, net worth. I will say two chains. Sorry, Keenan's not here. So no, you're I'll right. Try. Oh, and Banajiwa. Banajiwa, Romania. Romania. Yeah. Sorry, Keenan, you're not here. So I'll I'll do the best I can. Every time I read Helen Hunt's name, it always brings you back to Austin Powers. No, my favorite Helen Hunt movie is. Twister! Oh, I actually hadn't, I hadn't put that together, but yeah. And very relevant to the podcast. It's very funny. Very uh, relevant. That's good writing, Mike Myers. Uh, net worth. What will you guess Helen Hunt's net worth is? Well, you said it's surprising. It's surprising when you compare it to Bill Paxton. I was going to say $50 million. $75 million. And not to discredit her or her body of work, I don't know where all of that comes from exactly, especially reading her... Is there, there? It feels like there's something else that she's in that's huge that I just can't remember. Right you know now, what? I think that you didn't list. there had to have been a television show she was on that was syndicated that was really popular. That's I think, like your theory. I think there was. Or like, oh, if pe- people that make the big money are syndicated. But it's true. And people that don't make the big money have drug problems. Yeah, well, that's Calvin's theory. Yeah. And it is funny because they're, you, like, it's, you're not factoring in things like mutual funds, assets. She could have really just things like that. Yeah, she could have just well. been smart. Like, well, come on, Chris. Women, you know, money. What is she She's a PhD in this. It's true. Uh, Bill Paxton. Not Pullman. Not Pullman. Um, well, now you said his... Well, so I'll stick to his. $40 million. 25 Undervalued. Yeah, but the drugs. Yeah, man. <laughs> no wonder he died so young. Yeah. We're just making all sorts of assumptions. Oh, shit, I forgot he died. Probably should Oh, well. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, he uh, was it five, four or five years ago. Cancer? I don't. God, it sounds terrible. I want to say heart attack. I want to say something like that. It wasn't like an illness, like ongoing. It was very sudden. I kind of get him um, a little bit mixed up with Val Kilmer, and Val Kilmer has throat cancer. Both in Tombstone. Yeah, there's a doc about him out right now and his battle with the throat cancer, and he can't talk without one of these yeah. modulators on his throat, which will be interesting. I'll see how they tackle that in Top Gun Maverick. Because he's had that. He's for, in it. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't have a massive role. But that movie's coming out soon. I'm very excited. I am like, ever since they released that album art or the poster for it. Yeah. And it was just uh, Maverick sitting there and it just said, feel the need. Yeah. yeah you're just ready. Yeah. I kind of had a rager looking at that. All right. Specs and deets. Runtime was an hour and 53 minutes. Budget, $92 million. Opened at $41 million. And this movie grossed. $241 million domestically, $494 million globally. This movie made five times its budget. So it really did well. Makes you wonder why there wasn't a Twister franchise. I mean, how do you do this movie again, though? They did. So I remember when this came out, they had a uh, The Night of the Tornadoes. They made another movie a uh, little bit after that, and it was like a small town that like... It's like a B-movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I just remember it came out a couple years after, and I think it was kind of riding on the like Twister the, bandwagon a right. little bit. There was a lot of theme park attractions to come from this film. It's actually funny because one of my notes in there is, I, is literally, I said, it'll be tough to make another successful movie about tornadoes. Really will. They did this one so well, especially for 96. I have that too. This movie holds up so well for being this old. I yeah. was thinking this is going to be really shitty given the time that's passed between the special effects now and then. It really holds up. Well, who was it? Some of the I was looking at some of the executive producers. and people Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Steven. Like, there was some good production quality that went into it um, i didn't know spielberg was even involved in this movie till i watched it this time he ep'd it yeah and they did really good like it was a b- good mix of cgi for the time and practical effects which is kind of nice yeah it was so uh, no i thought i like i know that's a funny weird thing to go but um yeah i don't know it's it's a weird movie about twisters 
Yeah, you think on it's when they're pitching the film, you think you don't think it's going to have as much depth as it kind of does. They do not only a good job of showing, uh, you know, this, how monstrous and that, how the Twister kind of is actually is a monster in this movie. It's its own character as a monster. But they also do a pretty good job of establishing and building relationships between the characters. Oh, and yeah. and um, as well, especially, of course, between Bill and and Joe. And I think it pays off at the end. No, yeah, I agree. It's actually really funny because my first note, because I watched the trailer before I watched it, and it said it's, uh, and, and they really kind of build it as a horror movie. It kind of is, so, in my opinion. So I kind of agree with you when you said, like, and, and the, the tornado is the big bad guy, and that kind of came through, and it, I don't know, it was interesting. It did make it seem like you just get riddled with tornadoes in June. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's like everywhere tornado, it's it's just coming to get you. That's coming the most unrealistic you. part, but we'll, we'll get there. Let's go to plot keywords. Oh, yeah. Number one, obese woman. Didn't realize, it took me a second to figure out what this pertained to. I think it's just Joe's mom. <laughs> I'm trying to think, who else would this refer to? It's definitely Joe's mom. Because I only say that because I'm, the asshole in my mind thought, man, that his, her mom, his, that dude's wife's kind of fat. <laughs> like it's, It was terrible. I, I admit I had a thought. I'm like, she's definitely a bigger woman. They're talking about the, the, the aunt? No, no, not aunt. No, no. Joe's mom at the beginning. Like, right before the dad gets sucked up. Oh! Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude. Oh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, she, well, she's not that large. <laughs> not the same actress. This would be the same actress from A Perfect Storm that gets with... That's really funny. Yeah. It gets with uh, what... I can't think of the guy. I can't think of his name as an actor or a character in that film. But the one who thinks he's ugly. <laughs> gets with the large one. Uh, yeah, that's, anyway, it's a plot keyword. That's interesting. Number two, disaster movie. Number three, scientific data. Number four, Storm Chaser, and number five, Drive-In Movie, which I think there was something to them watch. I think I don't think it was, and of course it probably wasn't, an accident that they were watching The Shining as the tornado was coming. Oh, it did I, really well. Well, I think that The Shining was kind of kind of hinting at, though this is, this is, we're trying to, you know, kind of subconsciously communicate that this is also kind of a horror movie. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. It's, it is interesting because I would be curious because I know, uh, Stanley Kubrick is famous for retaining rights to his movies. Yep. So I'm interested to see how, like, wh what was that like to put that in there? Well, it was. I mean, estate. clearly The Shining's out now, and so on and so forth. But they would have had to have get some sort of permission to do that. I would think so because I don't know how long something until it becomes 10%. public domain. No, but it's, uh, after oh. a certain amount of time, uh, art becomes public domain. And I, I don't I, know how long. I, I knew this at one point in time. I want to say it's like 70 years. I, I don't think Kubrick's film would have been in public domain at this point. But I, I'm sure it's Spielberg. If anyone can, you know, kind of swing that maybe big dick around and be like, hey, I'm Steven Spielberg. I made that's jobs. That's true, actually, because yeah. if you're Stanley Kubrick, it's like, yeah, different style, but yeah, I respect what you're doing, so... Um, and too, maybe that's why he held on to it so he could cash in on that one. And they twisted. This is the right. This is the right time to play. We're right. going to play this card right now. All right, taglines. They're all pretty fine. Not great. Not terrible. The dark side of nature. Don't breathe. Don't look back. Go for a ride you'll never forget. Which that I don't think that one works. That one seems too much like a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, probably not. There's a lot of twister puns. They probably should be able. To yeah, do. I was hoping to get some circuit, like some yeah. suction puns, like uh, get something about sucking. You know. Yeah. Well, what is he? What is tornadoes suck? That would have been great. Right. Actually, I they win. Talk about that a lot. I win. Tornadoes suck. It's a whirlwind of a. That's movie. even better. Yeah, it's a whirlwind of a ride. Not just yeah. get ready for a ride. It's not. We're not. At a I mean. This did uh, consequently inspire a lot of theme park rides. Makes sense. But no, I, I, I don't know. And the last one was the beautiful yet destructive side of life. Yep. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a little bland for yep. my taste, but it works. Yeah. 
All right. Normally, I have Canopsis. Uh, I'm just going to try and do Keenan's thing <clears throat> off the dome. In a world. In a world where Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, not Pullman, Chase Storbs, and Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a really crazy guy. Enjoy these performances as you watch <laughs> Twister. Hey, hey, Keenan, that's probably the best goddamn Canopsis you've ever had. You know, does he need to be here anymore? Yeah, dude, I think your job just got taken. You know, like that was pretty solid. Yeah, know? man. Oh, I mean, it, and, it, and the beauty of it is his kind of give away a little bit about the movie. Yours didn't. No, man. Very just, you know, I don't want to get no spoilers, man. Right. Here's who's in it. All right. Now let's move on to the Real Buzz Rundown. And we kind of got into a little bit, but we'll, uh, Chris, if you want to start and I can sprinkle in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, so it's, it's, uh, this is a movie I hadn't even thought about in a long time. Nor I. I. But I've probably seen it way back in the days, probably. 20 times. At least, you know, so it's, oh, I remember this movie, but I remember you said, come on, and it's, oh, I need, I actually need to watch it again. Um, it's kind of funny, the one, the, one of my biggest notes that I've got, um, which I liked it, but it's the, the whole deal between uh, Bill and his wife, Melissa. I remember being a kid and being like, oh, yeah, she's the worst because you're supposed to hate her. Yeah. You watch it as an adult, and she's like, no, she's probably the most like mature one of the entire bunch. I definitely have some questions about her involvement in the entire day because uh, it definitely kind of seems like there were multiple points where it was irresponsible on Bill's part to continue to <laughs> allow her. She doesn't have any kind of training or experience in these types of situations, yet she's smack dab in the middle of it, and it's wild. Well, and on top of that, it is weird because he's always in the truck with Joe. He's like, oh, yep. yeah, just go be with Dusty, and Dusty's just doing his thing. Well, and Dusty, it, you could argue, is like mildly uncomfortable with her, but he's always holding her hand when they're walking around. He, he, yeah, he has some like personal space issues. Yeah. Not, not Philip, but he gets into, Dusty does. Yeah, he gets into her ear and goes, it's the suck zone. It's the like, suck zone. Jesus, dude, that's Which the creepiest should have been a tagline. It's the suck zone. <laughs> but no, and it's it's really funny. Even after the first like go they have at it, um, they they survive. It's when that Jeep gets destroyed. That, that Jeep was cool. That, that was, was the truck Jeep rad. before they started making sure. Uh, that was like a custom truck Jeep. Yeah, but any, but yeah, so they get, right after that, it's funny, they're in a tornado, and then at the end of it, the truck falls, and she's driving his truck and like swerves around it, and everybody's like, oh my God, you, you're like, oh, you just missed that truck, and everybody's like paying attention to her yeah, because she just swerved around somebody. It's awesome. Right, and it's like, no, 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 two people were just literally in the middle of a tornado and are totally, like, trashed from that. Well, the good news for her is, since she is a doctorate of psychology, she, she'll know how to deal with the PTSD she's ultimately going to have after, this, like, this whole experience. Oh, she knew how to get out of it when she, when she like, broke it off, and she broke it off. Yeah. You know, she broke well, it off. Well, how could she not after what she heard on the radio and after the, the, the behavior? You could yeah. t the, the sexual tension is palpable between <laughs> those two. I actually put. I said, Bill and Helen Hunt really have good chemistry. And then it came back. And it's like, man, you could just like, you could just feel that sexual tension coming off the, off the two of them. All Melissa's thinking all day is, I bet they fucked great. They right. just look like they had the best sex ever. She's like, this isn't, this isn't me. I'm not doing this. I'm straight missionary of the day long. And Helen Hunt is a smoke show in this film. Right, right. Complete she is, smoke show. She is uh, Midwestern hot. Mm -hmm. Very Oklahoma hot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which, which she pulls off well. And it didn't help that Melissa was a victim of that terrible 90s haircut because uh, that actress is very beautiful in a lot of other films. She's still very beautiful. And she was very supportive. She got him lemonade. He, like, left her stranded after the lemonade. Didn't even take the lemonade. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie yeah, she was, her, her character was very supportive. Jamie Gertz in any other movie I've seen her in is completely gorgeous, and she still is very pretty in this movie, but definitely a victim of that bad haircut, a victim of the 90s. And definitely still doesn't have the raw sexual chemistry that... Uh, 
Bill and Joe had. No, and but I think that was intentional. Part of her character was supposed to be like she was more of a safe choice, and yeah. Helen Hunt was more of the wow, we I I connect with this person more emotionally, but but which she's also more volatile. Yeah, and uh, it, it's just altogether. That's with the character that Jamie Gertz was supposed to play. I think it speaks well to all three of their acting abilities. Absolutely. Because they, you know, and it's funny, the clip you showed, or like that you put over me where he's like, is that what you think it did? Christ, Joe. Yeah, you've never <laughs> seen one jump over this house and swerve around that and kill that dog and then come directly towards me. Uh, that It's funny, a different context. Like, it's very well acted. Yeah, it is. And the reason you're looking at it is because it's a very weird thing to have an argument about. But uh, especially over a live a live radio line. Yeah, well, I don't know that they knew that it was live. Yeah, it probably did. That was a poignant moment in the movie. Yeah. Um, so no, I thought that was that was. But anyway, it is interesting uh, going back through this one. How like the notes that came through her. Um, I like the oh the it's like the like camera from Ferris Bueller and then uh, Dickie Bennett's in this. Yep. Uh, and I and I, I just was like oh I'd only knew that actor really from Justified. And then I saw him on this. I was like, is that Dickie Bennett? Yeah, he's also in Saving Private Ryan. He plays Corporal Upham. He does. He is Upham in that. Yep. And then he's in one, um, and it's funny, people I don't know their name, he's in one um, episode of the Hannibal, the show that I keep telling you. Yeah, he is. That's that. It, it was like season three? Yeah. He yeah. Does, he does a good job. But no, so it, it was interesting seeing the people that are in there. And even the um, uh, Jonas Miller, the dude from Saw. Yeah, Carrie Elwes. Yeah, very good role for him, too. Well, just- he did a great job because he played such a boner, and he really was. He was just a fucking boner. <laughs> yeah, he was. That's a good word for him. I mean, like, a boner, like, we're here for it, but you kind of suck. Fucking Jonah, man. He's in it for the money, not for the science. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the lamest fucking thing you've ever said, bro. Yeah, yeah, not not working for that it. Bastard. <laughs> that bastard. That bastard. Yeah, as and it's funny because that was kind of a, a weird deal because as jo, or, uh, Bill's getting out of the game to become a weatherman, so clearly he's he's chasing after the, the whole, which apparently is the lamest thing in their community. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you chase storms, don't become a weatherman. It, it, like the man. Whenever it's like okay, whenever he calls like she says weatherman, like Bill acts like they just called him a fag or something. Right. He, he just gets super pissed off. He's like, "What'd you call me?" Yeah. So no, that, that that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny. I said I like the shame shade thrown at weatherman. It is funny, so because I, I knew a lot of weathermen at Mizzou. We had a, a prominent uh, meteorology school, and a lot of the they're one of the guys I went to school with is now KC's weatherman. I can't think of his name, Sharm. I can't remember it, okay. but uh, very handsome guy, great at the weather. But I never looked and was like, "That dude's a total dweeb." <laughs> Little do you know, what a dweeb. The real storm chasers are just totally hating on that. Oh guy. yeah, yeah. They're, he's getting made fun of a lot at lunch. Now, the other, it's interesting, too. The other thing I liked, uh, it's amazing how many um, taglines came from this movie that people yeah. kind of say. You know what I mean? Like uh, like the one, like the food. 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 Yeah. And then, like, the loser. Move on. Like, a lot of Philip C. Well, they're, they're all Dusty's lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all got one. But, um, oh, and then I like when they're driving, and Helen Hunt's like, hey, can I drive? No, well, then would you? You know, like, because he's going off the road. He like, is way off the road. Like, even if I'm having an intense conversation with someone, I'm paying enough attention to know that the terrain has changed drastically. Like, the suspension's not that it great. It was a stressful situation. I guess so. He's got his, his new fiance, and he's with his ex-wife. Ex- well, technically, they're not even divorced. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. Who gets engaged before they're divorced? Yeah, probably so. That's there, wild. There was something on the last line of that last document that she must have just had... 
Technically, well, by the end of it, they're divorced because she does sign the papers. Yeah, but they don't turn them in. You have to turn. I've been Chris. I've been through this. Yeah, you got to turn <laughs> you them. Gotta in. Turn you got to turn in the papers. Yes. Yes. You yes. can tear them up, and it's all null and void. No, but I think she just sub. Like I don't think I think her character just subconsciously didn't want to get divorced, so she just missed one of the signs. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's definitely it. And oh man, the other thing, it's like uh, it's, there's very 1990s in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was 90s nostalgia that you like, not the lame 90s shit that sucked. And then like the CB radios were a big thing. I liked it. I know. I'm like, why? You know, we just missed the CB radio thing. How dope would that have been if we had CBs growing up? Dude, it wouldn't have been. Have them on the best. boats? Would've have them in people's best. cars? We could have easily done it, too. Yeah. we didn't, Nobody was in that far away from one another. We could have each um, had, like, call signs on the CB. That yeah. That would have been sweet. Mine probably just would have been foof. Yeah, I don't know what mine would have been. I would have to think about it. Yeah, it's a big decision. Uh, probably not DJ Handsome Rob. No, no, that was that was pre that, that was pre Handsome Rob times. <laughs> that was pre, but that was yeah, that was ugly Rob times. That was ugly Rob. Yeah. I, no, no. Hey, hey, your arms aren't scrawny. They're nice. <laughs> They're nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is? Oh, that's from Big Daddy. Big Daddy, yeah. Uh, and also, I don't. So I know that uh, Jamie Gertz from a bunch of different movies. So I, I, it was weird to me watching her try to do an Oklahoma accent. I think it was close, but I think it was a little overdone. Yeah, but it also like played into what she was trying to do. Yeah, and I don't think anyone outside of the Midwest would even question it because that's it, probably fair. It's because you know when you go to Oklahoma, there's an accent. You go to Texas, there's an accent. You go to Arkansas, there's an accent. They're just, they're all Southern, but they have different levels of twang. And you know what's funny about that is probably you're right since we are in like the Midwest and that is a thing. Yeah, um, I didn't even realize she was supposed to have an Oklahoma. Accent. Oh, she definitely. I was like, oh, has she's one. probably from like I was thinking like. Uh, East Coast, uh, Southern something or another. Oh, you mean like Virginia kind of thing? Yeah. That's how it, it came off very, you know. Well, and I just, and I only reason why I bring that up is because in the last six or seven months, we did the movie uh, The Lost Boys, which is one of her first features. And you listen to her talk there and you're like, holy shit, she sounds way different. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. When she plays Star. <laughs> I guess I need to go down that bandwagon. If you like 80s nostalgia, you'll love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, maybe. No, the other one. It's funny. Uh, major plot hole that I. It's, so I was, I was, I was really getting into this movie, and I was feeling it. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And it's good. It's very well done. And then I, then like, I kind of like stepped myself out of it, and I started looking at it. It's like so major plot hole. They're trying to get a device inside a tornado, yes. so they can predict them quicker. Yeah, so they can profile the tornado. While also knowing at almost every given time where a tornado is to get a device inside of it. Yep. And I, I'll, I'll even piggyback <laughs> off of that. They seem to have a fuck ton of data already. There's right. like, it's just like, wait, what are you you're trying to get? Don't you, you seem like you have a lot of data here. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you missing? All you haven't been able to do is get these little spinny balls inside of it to then see them twirl on, on, on top of these it. little aluminum sparklies. Yeah. Which so, it was very cool. I liked that scene. But yeah, yeah. It, it did seem like they had plenty of data to maybe already rehab the entire warning system. Right. And good for them for getting more data. But you can I'm, never have too much data. Never have too much data. And, and I'm happy they achieved their mission. But I was like, man, they just, there's only one that caught them off guard. And that almost killed the ant. Yeah. And that's the other thing. The, on, the probably only super unrealistic part is, I mean, I know they're traveling, you know, across. I let's say a hundred mile radius to find these things. But when was the last time there was five tornadoes in a hundred mile radius in one day? Right. They're like, Oh, That's there's a, a there's a storm coming. And then they did kind of always refer to it as the same. And at tornado. the beginning, they're like, this is going to be a crazy day of tornadoes. Why don't you warn some people? Right. <laughs> the 
that's what I mean. Like the whole it seems like is, you already know. This is the mecca of tornadoes. If we could just predict them. Now, there's going to be a shit ton today, but if we could just predict these in the future. Yeah, we're right on the cusp. <laughs> seems like you have a pretty good fucking idea. Turns out, alternate reality. They are, everybody knows everything about tornadoes. These people are just sick and twisted. Yeah. And track them anyway. They're like, no, no, no we got the data. We have everything we need from Doppler. You're good. They probably don't know what to do with themselves now that they don't have to chase tornadoes anymore. Right. They're like, we predicted our job's done. And actually, it's funny you said that because another thing that had, what sucks is so they have a big team of people. Yep. And their team of people pretty much goes away with Google Maps and an iPhone camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that team diminishes by at least five people. Right. And then it's just two people. Rabbits out of a fucking job. Yeah. You, you don't fold the maps. You don't <laughs> fold the maps. Just a big crease through Kansas. Yeah. So yeah, between you, you would have one guy working the Doppler, you'd have one guy with the GPS, and one dab, dab, dab. one dumbass trying to make Dorothy fly, and then one guy who calls by preacher and just drives a station wagon. And now we have side by sides, and so you probably oh, yeah. have you know what I mean. So like there could be a Twister 2.0. The problem is, is that we already have all the data now. Yeah, so. I th I think you can't remake this movie because with today. That so many characters would be gone because you don't need that many people to do what they're doing now. And Richard Bronson's up there in space photographing literally the weather so we know what's happening. That's such a good point, too. There's probably a much less dangerous way that we could actually gather information about weather and tornadoes without having to get within eh, 250 feet of a tornado. Right. So, and then other, other thing is, it's interesting. They're just like, oh, yeah, there's like a tornado over there, and they drive, and they're just driving alongside. And they're like, it's an F5 tornado. It's a mile wide, but we're on this road staring at it. And then at one point in time, uh, Jonas, the dude from Saw, is looking at the mile wide tornado through his binoculars. Yeah. So there was, there, there were some like, Bad I didn't hate it. Like I like I said, it didn't bug me. It but it worked. was just it's it all worked. Like and it's 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 really funny because you just suspend that disbelief for the world they created. And that's why this movie I think does work. But it is funny because there's so many like if you think about it, stupid elements in it. But well, this also reinforces that stereotype where like people will be like, What the fuck do white people in the Midwest do this for? Like you, you see these like <laughs> there'll be these YouTube videos of guys like, check out this tortoise in his backyard, and everyone's like, Why do white people like to do this? This is such a stupid thing to do. <laughs> And fucking it, white people. Yeah, it's fucking fucking white Oklahomans <laughs> love this shit. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was really funny because like at the end, the last scene, and and I get why they did. So like from a movie making perspective, yeah, I thought it was great, and that's why I'm happy everything was in there. And actually, I wish that um, a lot of the things I'm pointing out is stupid. Other people didn't point out stupid, so people would still recreate this movie formula. Yeah, because it was two hours. I didn't think it was too long. Yeah, this is the one time where I thought the two-hour runtime was actually validated by the whole film. I don't know what I, I – I didn't – I wasn't ever watching to see how much I had left. I was like, oh, this is it, – it's nice. It's paced well. Would you – like, so would you almost put this in, like, a horror epic yeah, category? Yeah, I, I would because I have a, lo a lot of points coming up to where I think they, this is a, a horror thriller – there's, there's so many different ways that they make the tornado a monster. The score does a really, this ominous score does a really good job at certain points throughout the film of making it seem like there's something terrible coming to get you. Almost like the tornado is coming for them personally. Like it knows where they are and coming for them. Yeah. Like especially the opening scene for me was really well done. It was really chilling is the best way I could describe it. Yeah. And it, 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 I was scared by it. It was I younger for sure. I, I thought it was scary. The one question I had about the opening scene, though, um, 
why is his dad trying to hold down this fucking door, man? Like, the door blows off. He blows away. The girls are just down in the basement. The tornado didn't get him. He should have just gone down there with him. He didn't need to hold on. He's like, I can't hold it. You don't need to. Let it go. Yeah, maybe he's worried that the door goes away and it creates a vacuum. Yeah, maybe and he doesn't know. Goes away. Yeah, he doesn't Except know that for, it's I not going to harm his big him. wife. <laughs> Sorry, I had, hey, to, man. I had to do it. This, the tornadoes can only pick up cows so big, as we saw in the film. <laughs> Well done, well done. That's that deserves a laugh track right there. I'll give it this. Yeah, I know there there is the deal. Cow, another cow. I think that was the same cow. <laughs> no, that would have been hilarious if the obese woman just flies by. There's another cow. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I think that this worked, and I, and too, you're right because with the monster thing, and and looking at it from that perspective, what's nice is like at the end, and it, it bugged me from like a continuity standpoint, but was awesome from a filmmaking standpoint is there's an establishing shot of the F5 tornado yeah. and the truck driving to it, and they see that, which tornadoes don't last long either. It's no. not like, oh, there's a tornado. We'll get to that in the next half hour. Five so. minutes, yeah. Right, and so then they see that, and then they get in the back of the truck. Then they get Dorothy ready. They do all that stuff. You know what I mean? They, they like get away from the tornado for a while and then go back to it. From a filmmaking perspective, they also did a good job of distinguishing the, the different types of tornadoes like you could tell while each of each tornado they encountered was a tornado they were all kind of drastically different like there was the one that split into two right there was and you could see the f5 was just a monster like it was nothing like the other three or four they'd already encountered each one seemed like it had its own personality which made the movie a lot more interesting to watch because yeah. if you're watching the same fucking thing over and over you got to throw something in there for variety it's not the same bland twister every time exactly no, I thought they did a good job, and it was funny. I even had a note on when they're having lunch. They're talking about the like the categories, and that it's funny. The, the one time Melissa's like, "Okay, you lost me on this," um, and they're like, well, "They're talking about oh, oh, that was like an F three. No, it was a standard F two. You know, and they're doing yeah. that, and she's like, "Oh, this F four was great." And then you know they're going around, and she's like, "Was well, there an F five? And everybody just goes quiet, it, and they're yeah. just like, "Mother of God, mother, has no one seen an F 5 only one of us. Only one of us has. <laughs> so. And they just all look up at the ceiling and it's like, oh, I wonder who it is. Yeah, yeah who's all the F5? <laughs> the only one not here. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I thought that was nice. I mean, it, like I said, it's a weird moment that wouldn't happen, but it's cool that they did it. Like, um, so I appreciate this type of movie making and we don't see it much anymore. No, it, this is, and this may have been like, because there's so much there's so much more CGI involved in filmmaking today than there was back then. This was kind of the perfect marriage of the right amount of practical and CGI because you clearly can't have a practical tornado. But also in a lot of today's films, everything is overly CGI'd, so they yeah. rely too much on it for special effects. Uh, and I think they th this movie kind of was the perfect time in between where CGI was accelerated to a certain point, but it wasn't to the point where it's so advanced you overly relied on it. Yeah, and you have, like, Netflix has, has been good and bad, especially for the movie making, because now you either have, like, Avengers-scale movies mm -hmm. that are, you know, huge blockbusters, or you've got the, like, you need to just pump it out. Streaming just, movies. Just get content. Just get content. Just get content. And so this would fall into that crack, like, in today's world, that nobody's going to, like, greenlight this for, and I say nobody, I'm just, you know, in theory, you know, nobody's going, oh, yeah, here's $150 million to go make a movie about a tornado. No, that's the thing. Uh, movie studios don't gamble anymore. There's formulas no. they know that work, and they're only throwing $300 million in a movie that has the formula that's proven to work. That's why so many feature films released into theaters now are all really it's, – it's, you know, The Fast and the Furious and The Avengers, different movies, very similar, very similar uh, 
uh, uh, algorithms, or sorry, very similar. Um, They've got to be as big and grandiose as they can possibly be. Because, yeah, I don't know, do you think Fast and Furious has turned into a superhero franchise? I, I would hate to discredit superhero franchises by saying that, but I definitely think it's it, it, it's kind of created its own, and that's kind of what they're trying to do, is they're trying yeah. to make the ca- characters more like superheroes and like even by the time he you know dom's jumping out of like moving cars at 100 miles an hour and just kind of rolling away and standing up yeah you know like it's like okay well the spectacles become part of the appeal the the people go to these fast and furious movies because they know there's going to be this a level of ridiculousness and unrealism that that people now expect from the franchise so they have to keep one-upping each other yeah they need to like i I don't hate the fast and furious franchise but they, they do need to fizzle away Oh, well, they're doing two. Is it two more? To I think to, there's one more. One, I, I thought there was two more, including this one. Was this nine? This was nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, like okay. Or 11. I, for some reason, I read somewhere they're breaking the last movie out into two like they did the, the Harry Potter movies and <laughs> shit. Nobody cares about the story, and nobody's read it already. Don't tell that to the box office. Yeah, nobody's read it already. Nobody knows what happens, yeah. so there's no reason to like, oh, can we fit this longer book into one or two movies? Another thing about Bill I thought was funny is he's supposed to be uh, extreme, you know? That's his. That's his. That is his nickname. Yeah. And he's also a tornado whisperer, for lack of a better word. What kind of extreme tornado whisperer only carries? Doesn't carry full coverage on his truck, his brand new truck. He only carries liability. And I like how he said it. Liability. Liability only. <laughs> no. Maybe he did no. carry full coverage, but she he knew what she was going to ask. He was like, nope, only liability. It could be because how he played that was like he's like, nope, liability only. He, I know what you're talking about, and. So man, I don't know. I don't know if what I don't know is his financials, uh, but uh, she's I, a doctor. He's a weatherman. True, and he, but like I said, another thing is just very well acted, very well acted throughout that. I love Paxton. He's yeah. he's so great. It, I mean, even in Titanic, I love him. He, yeah. he doesn't have a major like. It's it, you know he's obviously not in the Titanic part of it. He's yeah. in the you know future the present day part of it. But even with his wacky, like, kind of like sailor blonde hair that's coming down in his pierced ear, he's a submarine guy. I liked it. He was like good. he pulls up. So, the, and the funny thing is, 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 um, is he like a heartthrob or what is he? No, I wouldn't. Is he like a Bruce Willis? Yeah, I would classify him as a leading man, not a, a heartthrob's Brad Pitt. He's yeah, not. He's not a Brad fair. Pitt. He's a leading man. He's he's somewhere in between a Brad Pitt and a Bruce Willis. Um, Bruce Willis is probably considered better looking than he is, but he's still he has charisma and he's able to carry a leading man role and he's good looking enough. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that's an interesting. There needs to be more of those. Yeah, I agree. It, it, he's his his type of leading man's kind of a dying yeah. uh, breed because now you've got now to be a leading man you got to be a Ryan Reynolds, you got to be a Chris Hemsworth, you got to be one of those guys that uh, can act pretty well can be funny, but is also just chiseled rock hard. <laughs> but it's also not a real person. Yes, exactly. It's just yeah. also Idris Elba. I mean, it's just like, dude, I mean, these people are like, I hate to use the word elite, but genetically they are elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's there, there's a lot of truth to that. And I, I, I it is interesting that that, it, well, I mean, it's funny too, talking about women's standards and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, nobody's talking about where, where men have gone to no. be. No, 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 no. Like, no. He's just an average dude in this. That he being, didn't have to hit the gym to to play devil's advocate. I don't think women are as driven by the Ryan Reynolds as men are, say, by the Scarlett Johansson. I think that uh, men probably 
expect more unrealistic standards physically of women than women do of men. Like women are mature to the point where they you don't have to like it's, if you got a job and like you're you're just you know it's not a fucking hassle. Like you seem great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we haven't reached that stage in the evolutionary bandwagon. No, because anytime because part of the problem is anytime you get to that level of uh, athleticism or that attractiveness, you're probably kind of a fuckboy. And girls don't want to mess around with that. Yeah, you know more probably about that in today's world than I do. Well, you know, I I, I don't want to brag. <laughs> You're probably kind of a fuck with. Yeah, that's true. Well, and too, it's like, what are you spending your time on? Yeah. It, you know, to, to me, I think all that goes back to, like, you see the, you know, the, the chiseled guys. Same with men and women. Like, you see it, you're like, okay, yeah, you spend your time at the gym. That's what you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You see me, and you're like, yep, that, go, that guy likes to eat. I would, yes. I would wager <laughs> women are more motivated by emotional connection than they are by physical attraction. Don't get me wrong. Physical attraction is still an element for women, but I think men are more uh, driven Pigs. by, yeah. Like, you <laughs> Shallow. know. Shallow. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, she's a great girl, man. She's got a great personality. She's really successful. How are the tits? She has a, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tits. Good. How's the, how's the rump? Yeah, yeah. How's the rump? Yeah. Yeah. Built for speed or is pleasure? That a, yeah. Is that a fucking big old trunk? <laughs> is, is it a donk or is it like, yeah. you know. Can she shake it like a Polaroid picture? <laughs> So I, I think that's probably where, where women, and especially on social media, are like, hey, this is not a realistic beauty standard. Yeah. Uh, so I guess one of the last things that I have is that the biggest takeaway from this movie is don't live in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. It's kind of a shithole with tons of tornadoes. And not to be not to be mean, but like, there's a reason why we're like, Native Americans, you can have it. Jesus. Like no, they they Jesus. didn't they didn't set up Indian reservations on places where we like the white people loved. They're like, hey, we think this place sucks. We're gonna give it to you. This windy. Sorry that we completely conquered you and committed genocide, but here's Oklahoma. I don't know a whole lot about Oklahoma. Uh, I've driven through it a lot. Or the rehoming of Native Americans. I just oh, know what happened. I, I watched a really, really, really downer documentary. Uh, I um, it was all about the. No, no, worse. It was about the original colonization of the United... Well, not the United States. It was America back then. <laughs> and it was just all the horrible shit we did to Native Americans. And they do not they do not get the press they deserve. We fucked them badly. Holy shit. Like, the, people say... The, the thing that people say, like, hey, Columbus Day. Columbus founded America. I'm like, no. I think Columbus conquered America. To be fair... I think there were people here already. I think they just need to get in line for all the other people that we fucked over along the yeah, way. Yeah, there's there's one or two others. Yeah, yeah. so like they'll get their time. You know what I mean? But but you can't do it all at once, or it's a little bit too much. And this is not to get super political, but this is what the big blowback against like critical race theory is. We have this idea of America that how it was founded and how we built our country and its principles. And the, once we come to the reality that we definitely committed mass genocide and conquered America, and we didn't do that in the nicest way, it kind of disrupts people's idea of what America is and how it was founded, and it disrupts their identity. So the, their natural reaction is to say that's bullshit. But and, and not to say America's bad. America's not all bad. But I think it's important to digest the good and the bad just so we have a complete understanding of what happened. Yeah. And I'll get off my high horse. Yeah, no, I mean, what are they uh, – I'd say no empire has ever grown strong without, you know. No, absolutely not. History is built on violence. It's just a right. fact. It's not something it's it, I'm not making commentary on whether what happened, you know, whether that was 
the way it had to be or didn't have to be. I'm saying that's how history is built. Yeah. What is that deal from uh, Brad Pitt from Fury? He's like, ideals are peaceful, history is violent. History is violent, and it's not like we're the first people to do it, but I also think it's important to have context and to understand, to teach history in a way that is making making us understand why maybe certain people of certain minorities or certain other backgrounds maybe didn't have the best leg up that some other people might have had? Well, I think what happens now, there's a social responsibility that has to that hasn't really caught up with where the laws and things are yeah. in today's world. And so and the and and it's tough being in a generation on both sides and like not I'm not playing poor me, but it's it's interesting being in a spot where you are almost have to be apologetic for a time that you were never in. Yeah. So I've always said that I think progression will happen when we stop punishing people for sins of their past. But you also got to, you know, like leave the past where it is and not, not leave it where it is, but you've got to acknowledge it. You can't yes. forget that it happened. I think you've acknowledging got, you, is all that uh, all we should do. I, there's nothing we can do to, to undo it. It's done. We, there's nothing we can do, but I think it's important that we have this, this, this real idea of exactly what, you know, how the country was built and not maybe just, you know, learn from it and understand, okay, this is how it happened. And just acknowledge to those people that, yeah, man, that was fucked up. Well, I'd acknowledge that, yeah, that, that, that was fucked up, but it's not the world that we live in today, and it's not the world that we're progressing to be. No, it's not where we um, want to be. That's, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it, it, some people do, but not not all, but it, it happens slowly. And I told you I was listening to that podcast earlier with Adam Carolla, and he was just like, and the, Michael Cohn was asking him, so do you think X, Y, and Z is racist and you know something Trump did or something the GOP did. And he was like, here's what I think, man. Uh, I look at racism like I look at arsonists. That's how I define a racist. You know, I don't, can someone maybe be an arsonist? Yeah, they could. I don't know they're an arsonist till they burn down a house. And uh, you, if you throw racism, the word racist around so much to the point where it becomes, it loses its power. If you just, if you just yeah. use any way to end an argument is, oh, well, you're just racist. That's probably lazy. And it's also probably, not not fair to racism in general because now you're if everyone's saying racist all the time then it doesn't mean anything well and it sets the wrong precedent because automated automatically it's easy to point the finger around and just turn a new joke oh what was that when we do it we you and yes, I, I of course it oh that was racist can't do that you know what i mean like yeah. you just it just becomes that punchline because it's so stuck in there you know, whereas you're that's probably a good you know analogy to it. people that are like inherently racist you will yeah, like there's Pretty people like David Duke, racist. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's a he's a <laughs> grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. I think it would be safe to say racist. Yeah, but I I think it's probably you, you want to acknowledge racism where it is, but also you want to you don't want to throw it around. You know, uh, you should watch. I just watched the movie The Best of Enemies. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's with uh, oh I can never remember his name. Um, he was a bad guy in um. The Green Mile. Oh, uh, bu- 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 he was the Sam Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. And and I was I was like ah, and it's funny. I was actually like I want to find just a good movie. Don't care what it's at. Like I want to find just a good movie. Stephen King movie. Well written. You know, well done. Uh, the Green Mile. Oh, The Green Mile. Yeah, I thought you were talking about uh, the best movie. But what was awesome about it is it did a very good job of retelling that. So do you know what it's about at all? I don't. Uh, it is about the uh, president of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, interesting! In a like small town, 
And what happens is it's, it's segregated. Yep. And so there's like the black and white schools, the black school catches fire and they have the, the discussion on integrating the schools and he gets appointed to the board. And then the like black counterpart, who's not, I wouldn't say counterpart. She's not like a black Panther, but just the community role model that is black sure. kind of gets appointed as well, like against each other. And like, and it's just interesting. And, they, and I, it did a very good job of telling the story and not a 2021 way of, Oh, you're wrong. And you're right. You know, like both people were just equally annoying for lack of a better word. Yeah. Trying to, to make this story, um, maybe more, you you could understand maybe why there's friction between both sides, right? Yeah. And, and and ultimately they're just you know what I mean. They're like, and it's funny, it's not like at the end of it, he didn't. He he's not. Oh, I didn't answer right. Like he did. He's he tore up his Ku Klux Klan card, uh, which is hey, that's a great fucking start, right? No, no, no. He did, <laughs> yeah. he did a good job, but you know, and he's like, oh, like I like. It's like I'm only going to say the N word three times a year, right? But. but, but <laughs> No, you know, that wasn't on the table. He's not giving that word up. Uh, but uh, but no, at the end of it, it was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to start acknowledging black people as people. Yeah, they're actual people. Which, right. You hey, know what you I mean? What? It, it wasn't Progress. like, yeah. And, 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 I it's mean, not a lot, but things. it's something. Right. It, but it, it was it was real. You know, it, it's not overly done. It's not, yeah, it's, oh, he, I'm going to announce everything I've ever done He before. didn't have that unrealistic come to Jesus talk where he's like, I'm now not racist. Because that's just not how human behavior works. Right. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. He's, he's like, no, no, no. I'm a terrible person, but now people are on my side because I did a good thing. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to... Way off. We, you know, but it's open format and I will not apologize. <laughs> Way off. I'm unapologetic, listeners. If you were, if you're unhappy with the last 10 minutes, sorry, not sorry. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Tipsy Trivia. This is the portion of the podcast where we have five trivia-based questions from the film. If Chris gets three of the five correct, I have to shotgun, and he doesn't. If he gets less than three correct, he has to shotgun, and I don't. But inevitably, we will all end up shotgunning because it's that kind of a show. Number one. This animal's moan was slowed down and used as the sound of the tornado. Which animal was used? I'm going to say cow. A, camel. B, orangutan. Cow. C, Tasmanian devil. Or D, cougar. Oh. I'm going to say cougar then. It was actually A, camel, which I found fascinating. But I, I should put cow in there. That would have been good because of the whole cow element. I, d- I, would have, I guess cow, clearly. And to be fair, I don't know what sound camels make. That's the thing. When you slow it down, it doesn't even sound like a camel, so it's irrelevant. Like that whole sound when the tornado approaches, like that was a terrible impression. Um, (laughs) Yeah, which, but I don't know what a camel sounds like, so I have nothing to like. I don't don't know what the full speed camel sounds like. That's fair. I just know they spit, bastards. We learned that from Aladdin. I know, and I remember at the (laughs) Disney World parade, they had these big camels and they would spit water at you. It was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Continuity. God, Disney does it right. Disney knows what they're doing. Bob Iger, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Number two. True or false, this movie was both the first to be released on DVD and the last to be released on HD DVD. The first to be released on DVD and the last to be on HD DVD. It was the first, true or false, it was the first title to be released on DVD ever and also the last title ever released on HD DVD, which was what DVD became before it just completely ceased. I'm going to say false. No, it was true. That's the the funny part about this film. It was the first DVD ever released and then the last HD DVD title ever printed on HD DVD. Yeah, it's fascinating. All right, number three. 
which actor was not considered for the role of Bill Harding? So this would be Bill Paxton's character. Which actor was not considered for this role? Was it A, Tom Hanks, B, Kurt Russell, C, Michael Keaton, or D, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. It is. D, Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks was originally supposed to play opposite of Helen Hunt, but he had to drop out for, I don't remember why, and at the time... Uh, Hanks was working with Paxton on Apollo 13, and Hanks was like, this guy would be great for the role. They auditioned him, and he got it. Nice. Yeah. See, once again, Tom Hanks, America's Sweetheart. He's just a good dude. Damn it, man. Damn like, it, man. That dude doesn't – I mean, his offspring, that's a different story. Which you totally uh, bashed on Turner and Hooch. I, oh, God, I might have. I, I don't doubt you it. You and Keenan did another episode. And I was like, no, that's like one of my favorite movies. Actually. I don't like the end because Hooch dies. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's awful. A, it's a gut punch. It's terrible. But it's a good movie. It probably is a good it's movie. It's just a gut punch. I can't watch it again. I can't watch it. I don't like watching Hooch die. Yeah, it, but it, no, Kurt Russell would have been a good... Uh, he would have been... Kurt Russell would have probably been the only other one that could have... Michael Keaton, I don't know. 96 Michael Keaton. 90, he, yeah, he, he could have had it. He could have fresh he off Batman. But to be fair, Kurt Russell uh, would have been probably too close to Dusty. You think? Yeah, I, he's Kurt Russell's a little bit more uh, jovial and like a little bit more... Expl not expletive in that he swears, but um, exclamatory. Right. Yeah, expletive. He, he says fuck a lot. Yeah. All right, number four. Over under 1.8 million, how much was this script purchased for? Over. It was optioned for $2 million. Nice. Over. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a script in 96, man. That is a lot of they money. They were really banking on this. Well, it, but to be fair, it, it serves its purpose. It was well written. It was well thought out, and it just it knew what it was doing. Hey, man, whatever the market will bear, right? Okay, and number five. You'll like this one, and it's also very interesting. Which famous country music... Blah, blah, which famous country music musician turned down the role of Dusty, which was Philip Seymour Hoffman's character? Was it A, Travis Tritt? B, Garth Brooks, C, Toby Keith, or D, Joe Diffie? Oh, it's either it's either Tritt or Diffie, which, by the way, rest in peace, Diffie. I know. COVID, man. It's a Nobody bitch. talks about it. I, well, it, when he first passed, I remember being a pretty big deal because he died of COVID. It was terrible. Josh and I went to the, uh, like, whatever the fair deal they have in Independence. Yeah. And we still have the Joe Diffie koozies. Yeah, man. Uh, John Deere Green. Yeah. That being said, I'm going with Travis Tritt it's actually a great guess because Travis did do some acting work in the nineties. It was actually Garth Brooks. Really? Yeah. I'm glad he turned it down. He would have ruined it. Well, you have like a weird thing with Garth. Garth is weird. You have a weird thing. with Ever Garth. since he did his whole Chris uh, Gaines thing. And then that, like he just pretends like that never happened. He claims it was just all always supposed to be an ironic joke. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he does he now. Does. <laughs> That's what he claims. I don't think, I remember, I don't think at the time it did not seem he like He claims it. it was supposed to be that. And in the like, uh, of that time, um, Trisha Yearwood was like a, she, she was a huge boner for me. Oh yeah. She, but she's, I mean, she's gotta be 60 something now. Yeah. I follow her on Instagram. That, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And also great singer. She wrote the, how do I live without Lee, Actually. You? Uh, oh, she performed she it. Performed Leanne Rimes it. wrote it. And actually, her uh, her being Trisha Yearwood and Leanne Rimes were up for best song of the year for the same song. Con Air. Yeah. Yeah. In Con Air. And I was like, oh, you guys need to, did you, you guys didn't put that in the trivia. They're both up for the same song, and she's the one that won it, which is kind of sucks because Leanne Rimes is a very good voice. I remember the Leanne Rimes version more than the Yearwood version. But it's funny because, like, universally, people are like, yeah, the year one's better. 
I, I, I'd have to listen to them both back to back to really judge. I think Con Air is the yearwood. It is. It 100% is. Yeah. Uh, and that one's good. Yeah. I always, on, or on uh, Garth's socials, he always calls her Miss Yearwood. Miss Yearwood? He goes, well, hello there, Miss Yearwood. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Welcome oh. to Studio G. <laughs> the other thing uh, from previous podcasts, uh, you guys did King Kong. Yeah. And you talked a lot about his unit. And never, <laughs> we called Kyle. Yeah, you called Kyle. And I, never once, like I was driving and I was listening. I was like, "Say Kong Dong." Oh, that was, yeah. Why would you not say Kong Dong? Kong's Dong. I'm sure I said Kong's Dong. No, you didn't. I oh, listened to the whole thing. Damn and like, it! It came up. I was like, "Oh, Kong Dong." Talk about a fucking missed opportunity. Right. I was. I expect a certain level of quality and and just wit well, out of you and Keenan. That's on you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I expect that. And Keenan, I'm calling. Actually, you called me out for being red on redhead on that one too. Called you on being what? Being redheaded. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. No, no, no Keenan did. You, and then I called you, you said you were strawberry blonde. Right. Yeah. It's actually happy sunshine, just to set the record. <laughs> I like straight. that. Happy sunshine. <laughs> but not 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 here to be a stickler. But anyway, Kong Dong. Yeah. Kong Dong, it's, it's, it's a really, I, you know, I have to apologize, audience. It's a really bad missed opportunity, and I will definitely lose sleep over this one. <laughs> Good, because I have. No, and it was great, because Kyle's call was definitely the best part of that episode. He was yeah. very funny. It was a good episode. All right, moving on to Drinking Buddies. The portion of the podcast where we choose a character, not an actor, but a character from the film that we would get irresponsibly shit-faced, fucked up, drunk, shy vote, if you will, and I will, with Chris, who's your drinking buddy? I want to say Dusty. Of course, yeah, I think that's a, a really reasonable choice. But th the person that I think would need me there the most would be Melissa. Yeah, dude, that's what she needed. She needed a bottle of booze or something. She needed to take the edge off. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of like, you know, I, for some reason I saw this and I was like, man, they kind of did her dirty on that one. Yeah, I'm either going to go with Dusty or there's really not a lot of great options. Like, uh, Bill would be fine. He would be cool. Like, oh, maybe I'm going to go with Bill because apparently back in the heyday, he dude, really liked to drink. Dude, Bill, well, uh, but that's like, that's Bill Paxton, not the character. No, no. Oh, with the bottle of Jack. Yeah, yeah that's he woke good. up stark naked and threw a bottle of Jack and told to have a drink. See, the and the reason I wouldn't be because I just literally, and, and even at the end, I just picture him and Joe just boning the day long. Yeah. That sexual chemistry was I think so raw. Like, that's what they was, were starting to do is the credits rolled. No, it is. And yeah. actually, and my last note is I bet Dusty's happy they're back together. Just, he seems you like know, it. like I can see him being like, oh, good, they're back. But they're like, no, no, no. Stop everything. You guys do that. We're just going to bone right here, which is good because it's about time. And then Dusty's like, can I watch? And they're like, we don't give a fuck. We had two hours of that sexual tension, and it's about time we got some release. Yes, yeah, seriously, man. It was palpable. All right. Rotten Tomatoes over. Under. I will set the critics at a 59%. Over. 60%. I don't know why. it's. I think it's 75. should be a solid 75 from the critics, in my opinion. See, I think it was a good movie, but had a ton of issues but you know so it, it served its purpose on just like watching like a would you call this a popcorn movie yeah i would yeah i, I think would. so I would. not not overly intelligent but lots of thrills well enough written well enough acted yeah i think it's yeah. a popcorn movie yep uh audience i will also set at a 59 percent i'm gonna say over as well under audience gave this a 58 which i didn't quite understand I it mean, made money though. Made it yeah, clearly. I mean, it made five times its I think budget. It's the skeptics. It's people that go in there and they rip movies apart because they're like, much like I did, like, well, that's not how tornadoes actually happen, and so on. And well, so that's forth. kind of the point and of they, this, though. Right? They just don't go along for the ride. Well, and that's the thing. Rotten Tomatoes' inception was probably 15 years after this film was released, so I think maybe. 
15 years of pent up, hey, we're going to finally get to say what we want about this movie. And whoever, I don't know how many ratings there were, probably somewhere around 10 to 15,000. And I don't know if that's a big enough sample size to really say that this movie is only a 59 or 58%. I, I would give this movie, my uh, the IMDb is a 6.4, which I think is fine. My real buzz rating is a three and a half out of five beers. I'm giving it a three. Okay. I thought about that. I was getting, uh, and I was, I almost went with two and a half. Ooh, I don't know about it. that's low. And that's what I meant. I'm like, oh, it's low because I enjoy it. Because here's the thing: I don't think it's like overly rewatchable. No, it just hit me in a weird spot because I haven't seen it in a long time. Once a year is okay, probably for this one. Oh, longer than that. You think? Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to see this once a year because I, I mean, I, I. How else are you going to celebrate tornado season? <laughs> Go to Oklahoma with the Indians. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Trail of tears. Trail of tears. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Jesus. But no, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's overly rewatchable, but I think it was good. And I think I have a soft spot for Paxton now, especially that he's gone. And I'm just like, oh, man, this guy was great. Now, so we can agree, then we give Paxton a five out of five beers. Oh, yeah. Paxton. Hunt also gets a five out of five. Yep. And then the tertiary just characters. Just for that hair. The hair was great. His performance was just on the teetering on the edge of overacting, but he rode that line perfectly. Because he's a good actor. He also, good actor. like... Uh, Joe did a good job. She wasn't overly sexualized while being wildly sexual. Yeah, that's a great point because you definitely she had almost a tomboy kind of look. I think the reason why she has this um, this sexual attraction is she's so capable. Like her character's right. super capable. Like she Just definitely can take confidence. care of herself. Yes. And she is she knows what she's doing. She's good at what she does. And it's like that girl's got it. Yeah. Yeah. I was about it. I was about it too. Hundred percent. She's great. All right, well, that does it for episode 89 of Real Buzz Takes. Uh, we are the Real Buzz 2 today. Hoof, take us out. Keep it real while keeping it safe. We are the Real Buzz crew, and we review the best of the worst for you. This concludes our broadcast day. Oh, thank you.